It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, John? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. Welcome back, everyone, to our daily Euros live stream on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today, we will be previewing tomorrow's games, Monday's games, which are Ukraine v. Austria, North Macedonia, Netherlands, Finland versus Belgium, and Russia versus Denmark. They are the final group games for Group A and B. So, some interesting encounters there to decide who qualifies for the next stage of the tournament. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns about any of the of anything we're saying, then please send through them in the live chat and we will get to them throughout the stream as always. But firstly, I will introduce who will be joining me today, same as last one on Thursday, Got pro sports better, Neil Sharp, the top right hand corner of your screen. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. You, Alex? Very, very good, mate. And down the bottom, got Tony Alvarez from Only Fools Lay Horses. How are you, buddy? Yeah, all good, thanks. Ready for another week of uh, hopefully some solid profits. Yes, mate. Let's hope. All right. How's the weekend, fellas? I mean, I'll go through the results quickly. Now, it's been a while since we've talked. Obviously, there's been a lot happened, but we had uh, this was um, Friday's results here. Obviously, a pretty. It was. A, I was watching some of the highlights of these games, especially the Sweden and England game was pretty bloody dire to to watch. Um, but for those who remember, I did have a little mug pun on Sweden. So, cheers to me. Uh, and then we had. I mean, a very surprising day here. France and Hungary drawing. Germany getting a pretty resounding win over Portugal. And then surprise draw with Spain and Poland. And then today we've had some pretty normalish kind of results. Turkey, not much to play for there. So they've had a pretty dismal tournament, you would have to say. How, was, how did you go on the weekend, Neil? Uh, <laughs> it was a horror show. So, um, yeah, basically, I, I, I inadvertently was running a lay service. So anything I, I, I backed, literally do the opposite, you would have made quite a bit. So uh, I think that well, France to win to nil, I think that was my best bet, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that didn't go too well. Um, England as well. Um, and then, yeah, I think when, when the Poland goal went in, in the Spain game, I did want to just throw the TV out the window. It was just one of those days. Uh, so yeah, today's been much better. Um, so yeah, these things kind of happen, but yeah, it, it's difficult to take. But it's it's all part of the uh, you know all part of the game. And yourself, Tony, been getting some nice team news there, mate, or it's been quiet on that front. No, I've been getting it. I mean, I've had it for most games, but it's not really been much to do with it. Um, most teams have been at it as expected, or you know of the changes before. What's really annoying is a lot of the stuff I said on here is, has either come in or partially come in for a trading perspective. But because that's not what I do, I've not done it. So I've had the opposite problem to Neil. Obviously, he's looking at losing. I'm looking at going, why didn't I do exactly what I said? Yeah. But you know now, whatever I say, if anyone backs it, you are going to lose all your money. So it's uh, whatever way you want to go with it. But it was uh, like Italy were my strongest bet. Uh, it was lay Germany and, and get out before kickoff. They drifted quite a bit. Same with Croatia. I think Sweden, I said, were too long and, and uh, 
they didn't get any shorter. They got longer. So I was, I was obviously wrong on that yeah. one. But yeah, it's just when you look at it back at like, oh, what did I say on here? And like everything moved away. You went into England shortened and you're like, I should just listen to myself. But as I said, I'll do that now and I'll be broke by tomorrow. So. <laughs> Nicely said, mate. Do you guys want to take a quick look at the outright markets? I think it's um, I think it's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, Germany have just absolutely steamed in. I think from memory, on on Thursday, someone messaged through the stream and said Germany at twelve or something. Like, is that too big? Should I jump on? I think I might be completely wrong, but I swear someone did. Um, well. They've steamed into sevens. They're now second favourites, basically. Yeah, they did. We might have talked them out of it, but I do remember that. Um, yeah, exactly. To, to, to them. But, yeah, no, they, they, they called it. We definitely did talk them out of it. I do remember that. Um, France, I mean, they're kind of the same odds, which is quite interesting, even after that draw to Hungary. Uh, yeah, Germany, second favourites. Italy is still up there. Belgium and England have, I mean, kind of, E, Belgium kind of stayed the same the whole way throughout. Uh, and then you've got Portugal and, and Spain towards the bottom there. And, yeah, Netherlands kind of staying the same same also. So um, what do you think of this, Tony? Do you think there's a bit too much hype around the Germans on the back of one, you know, decent victory? Uh, yeah, I do. I still I, – I know, I know they got four goals, so I'm going to sound stupid, but I still think they – somewhat are going to struggle without a number nine. I mean, they massively overloaded Portugal out wide. Um, and the, the the weakness in the Portugal defence was there for everyone to see. I think we mentioned it last week. That, I mean, Semedo and Pepe on the, the same side. Semedo's quick but can't defend and Pepe's, what, 37 now. So I think they was always going to struggle on that side. Um, I think against the more packed defence. I mean, like we saw against France, and it is France who, for me, are the best team in the tournament, but Germany didn't create anything really. There's nothing you go, oh, that was a, a major chance. So I think against anyone that can can defend properly, actually, this might be famous last words, I wouldn't be surprised if they struggle against Hungary because Hungary aren't going to get overloaded because they'll have a, a back seven or eight, and it'll be interesting to see how Germany try and break them down because the way they've done it against Portugal won't work against Hungary. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's ever... A time to have a, um, oh, what's the word? A, you know, backing the other side of the market. It seems like everyone's on Germany right now. They've absolutely just flown in. If there's ever a time to have, oh my God, the word escapes me. A, uh, a contrary view, I guess you can call it, to, to the market. It might be now because you might find some value there. Um, is there anything interesting here for you, Neil, in the outright markets? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. So gambling fan just mentioned that. So yeah, apologies. Hopefully you did you, you did back it yourself. Um, <laughs> I, my, I, my feelings on Germany haven't changed that much. Like um, I, I mean, it was a really impressive performance, and it was uh, surprising. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting a low-scoring game, or you know, potentially a draw, much tighter than it actually turned out. Um, I, I I think they're too short. I think the markets overreact to this. They still have issues. Um, again, you know, like I think again, France are in second, third gear, but it was the first game of the tournament, so they could kind of, um, you know, click into gear by then. Um, something I'm looking at is actually the Dutch. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at an outright position, so I, I put a little bit on, on the Dutch. Just I don't think they're going to yeah. win it, um, but what I do think is that they have the potential because their route is quite kind. I, I mean someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they'll potentially play third place in England's group 
Um, and then the winners of the last 16 match one. So it could be, again, um, I think potentially Wales, uh, potentially one of the um, in the Denmark-Finland group. So they've got a chance. There's two winnable games. They've actually got um, a decent chance of getting to um, the quarterfinals, potentially the semifinals. And obviously that price is going to come in. If they get knocked out, then, uh, you know, you, you lose that. But I think I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a, a risk there. But I think that there's there's value in that price. It's going to going to come in quite nicely if they get to that stage and then you can get a nice position out of that um again i mean italy they went off you know the, the, the beginning of the tournament i think that i managed to get them at 12.5 um so i'm quite pleased with that. that that's gone quite well um and then the belgians really just sort of again there's question marks on them um but look you know if they, again if they if they if they beat finland that's three wins out of three that's pretty impressive um, let's see how far they, they can progress. Um, I mean, yeah, Spain have just been really disappointing. Um, yeah, that, that's it really. You know, that's kind of the, you know, the contenders there. I think it would have been more interesting if France had actually lost that Hungary game. Um, there might have been, I mean, maybe Tony can sort of um, say better than I can sort of how the markets would have reacted, but I'd imagine you know, that would have created a nice opportunity um, because even the best teams, you know, they can have horror shows, they can lose a, a game by goal. Just it happens at the World Cups. So there's very few teams who go on and win all three group games. Um, you know, they do stumble. It's better to get it out of your system early on, really. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I think it's a definitely a fascinating betting race here. I agree with what you said about Netherlands. It seems like they're the least talked about team out of all these I don't know what top eight or nine teams here. Um, and they're just cruising, mate. They're just, you know, scoring lots of goals and and staying nice and comfortable in their humble abodes of of Netherlands. So they're, they're having a cruisy tournament so far. So I agree. I reckon you'll easily be able to trade out of that, um, you know, at, at some point. And I, I sh- you would assume they'll come in uh, into some kind of shorter price as the tournament progresses. But, um, yeah, maybe we should get straight into th- uh, proceedings with the games tomorrow. i uh, got a question here from Gambling Fan about if Ukraine and Austria draw tomorrow, who finishes second? Uh, and that will be the first game we will go through now. I'll just get up the group tables. So we are on to this would be group – oh, this is group C – Oh, apologies. I, I think I after the introduction I said yeah, group A and B. Yeah, so I got that wrong. But um, yeah. So if if they do draw, this is really interesting. I'm assuming that Ukraine would finish second because they've scored more goals for. And I mean, the table is like that right now. So I don't know if you guys have any uh, insight on that. I assume Ukraine finish yeah, second right. if they draw. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, yeah, first game we will go through is Ukraine and Austria. The draw is <laughs> very funny. I mean, when's the last time you saw something like this? I think someone tweeted out the other day that the draw was at uh, 287 after their game's finished and now it's just absolutely steamed into to one point. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, the draw's at twos, Ukraine at three point seven-ish, and Austria are at 4.1, 4.2 at a few places. Um, 
Yeah, so as we all know, a draw here seems both teams qualify for the finals. Um, they've got the exact same for and against. Ukraine coming off that great performance against North Macedonia, whereas Austria come into this one after producing 0.67 XG against a Dutch side not really known for their defence. Um, I mean, I guess the first question for you, Tony, is, mate, like, do you think do you think these teams will just play for the draw or do you want to take a contrarian view to this one and uh, and come up with something interesting? I think you'd be stupid to go with anything but the draw or either go with nothing or the draw because it suits both teams. Like all of the reason, like it's, it's two for a reason or it's evens for a reason. Um, I, I think that in a normal straight shootout match, if it actually mattered, I, I would favour Ukraine. Uh, so usually I would say Ukraine's odds are really long, but they're only long because of the the, the draw's been shortened so much. So personally, I would leave it alone. Um, but I would say the draw is very likely. But I, I don't like getting on these sure thing results because you yeah. feel stupid, and have it, especially when it's not your actual opinion. But I think Ukraine are a better team. But I'd be stupid to go against the, the sure thing. And then I'd be really annoyed if I went with the sure thing and it was wrong because it wasn't my actual opinion. So, um, yeah, I think for me, I think it's a stand well away and watch from a distance. Can either of you think of any recent examples where this has been the case in a, in a European or World Cup tournament where a draw favours both teams and, like, what the outcome of that game was? I think yeah. Denmark... There was, was Oh, go on, sorry. Yeah, it was a Denmark Sweden. Was that was that the one? I, I know in the World Cup there was a France Denmark nil nil last group game where it wasn't a complete like both teams go through, but Denmark could have come third if France won, and if Denmark won, France would, uh, Denmark would have won the group. So and a nil nil just suited them both. France topped the group, remained the status quo, and Denmark got through, and it was the worst nil nil you've ever seen. Like they they might as well have just not played the game. Um, that's, I mean, obviously that was 2018. There's probably more high-profile ones or more obvious ones, but I only remember that because I had a poor draw thing on it because I was still half match betting at the time. Yeah, no, Gamley fans said the same thing too. There's been a few times this happened. I mean, actually, Austria were involved in one in 1982 uh, against West Germany. Um, yeah, I mean, this was like notorious, and uh, I think it's or something. I can't remember the exact permutation, but they were just kind of knocking the ball around um, with, with no sort of effort. And then it was Denmark, Sweden in uh, 2004. So basically they, they needed a 2-2 draw. That was the only way that both teams would get through. And uh, and, and the other team that would be knocked out would be Italy. And, you know, and uh, I think that's why they changed the format. I don't know if they had games at the same time before then, um, at the final group games, but because of that, um, I, th- I think I think that was part partly the reason. They changed so that because of the, ni- the 1982 that you mentioned was why they changed it. To that's the reason. The same time. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's yeah, it, it could happen. I mean, I, I've I've looked at this and um, yeah, I agree with, with Tony as well. Like you kind of sometimes it's better to to, to leave these alone and be very wary, um, but you don't want to really go against what the market is saying if it's that strong an opinion. Um, but I mean, I've just looked just purely based on price action, just based on um, on value. So Betway have the nil-nil half time two point three, 
and the rest of the market has it priced kind of closer to evens. So there's a little bit of value there. Um, so I'm happy to take that. I think more than likely that should happen. Um, there's some sources saying that maybe they'll play for a, um, a score draw. There's maybe a gentleman's agreement that, that, you know, if Ukraine take the lead, Austria get one back. I mean, if that happens, then um, that'll be quite interesting to see um, because it's difficult to necessarily prove it. But this this will be the first time that Austria would qualify for a knockout round. They're not going to um, go forward. They're not really going to play that adventurously. They were quite disappointing against the Netherlands. They didn't really show much intent. They're fairly poor. Um, so for them, it's a huge thing to get through. And for the Ukraine as well, there's no incentive really for them to to play aggressively. I think if they if they played to their full potential, like Tony said, you know, they're the better team, um, you know, they should win. Uh, but I think this is the way it's going to play out. I think either it's best left avoided, or again, if you see some value somewhere on one of these books where they're slow to adjust their prices, that might be the way to go. Would you lay yeah. the leader if someone goes one nil up? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tempting, yeah. It depends what point in the match. I mean, the other thing I was looking at was, let's say if it's, or if it's somehow it's one, one all and there's 20, 25 minutes to go, just absolutely just back the draw. You know, there, there's gonna, not, nothing's going to happen in that game. You know, neither team is going to risk going forward or trying to chase for that second goal. Um, you know, or if you are, you know, looking at it from a trading perspective, I guess you lay the draw um, and just trade out as soon as that first goal goes in. But yeah, it, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting. I am genuinely interested to see what happens in that game and how the teams approach it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an, it's going to be so interesting. I wish I could. I think it's on at two o'clock in the morning here, but I wish I could, I wish I could watch it. It'd be very uh, interesting to see how it all plays out. I I just can't help but think like you know, you know, like. It just seems like a really like fun proposition to think that I don't know Austria might sit back a little bit and be happy to defend the whole time and you know there's obviously a chance there that Ukraine could knock one in but you know it it maybe uh, maybe overall it's one just to stay out of so in terms of bets we can summarize and say uh, nothing for you Tony but Neil you're thinking a draw at half time did you say? Yeah, but I mean, uh, to, I mean, the odds I got were two point three. If it's still available at Betway, um, you know, I wouldn't take much less than that, really. Yeah. Okay. Our gambling fans said, "Would it be worth backing nil nil and one one separately, which is better than even odds?" Oh, sorry. I feel, sorry, it's nil nil. It's the nil nil at halftime. It's what, what uh, back, not the draw. Yeah, okay. But I think he's just saying if I backed correct score overall, nil-nil and 1-1 one, one separately, um, that overall you're getting better than even odds. So, I don't know. Maybe that's... A, yeah, I mean, I'm just seeing what, what they average out to, if you're going to stake them equally as well. Or, um, yeah, it's possible. I mean, for me, I'm not looking at sort of the full-time. Uh, I just think half-time I like the play because... I don't expect it to be a sort of frantic start. I think, um, again, that those odds implies about a 40, 43% chance, something like that. Um, whereas I think, you know, it's, it's a better chance than that of it ending nil-nil at halftime. The second half, who knows? All right. Let's move on to the other game in Group C. I'll get the table up once again so everyone can see 
where Netherlands and Macedonia lie. Uh, yeah, as you can see that the North Macedonians essentially need a miracle to progress. They have a minus three goal difference and zero points. So, I mean, if they want to go through, they would have to score a lot of goals and win by a lot of goals over the Dutch. So, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty tough for them. Whereas the uh, the Dutch produced another superb performance against Austria. Uh and, and, I mean, they probably should have beat them by more than two goals. So, the Netherlands cruising, coming into this one in, in a load of form, scoring lots of goals. Um, there's nothing really to play for here, you wouldn't think. What are your thoughts on this one, Neil? Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's going to be goals in it. Um, I love this Macedonia team. They just, they stay, you know, they're, they're just enjoying it. They're just... Um, How good's the striker? What's that? How good's the striker? Is his name Pandev or something like that? Pandev, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, 100 years old. He's like, he's <laughs> going to be 38 next month. Um, incredible. And um, even in the last game, you know, like, this is a lovely little dink. Uh, it was offside. Um, but, yeah, no, he was such a good player. Had a great career. Um, and... You know they've got talent in that team, and they score goals. Um, I think there's stats somewhere. Yeah, so they've only failed to score in one of their last 17 games. I, I mean, they've played a lot of crap teams in that run, but at the same time, they have played some good opposition, and uh, you know that shows some consistency. So they score goals. They've got creative players. They've got uh, Bardi and Elmas there, you know, as creators and Pandev, and against this Dutch defence, you know. Um, you know, I wouldn't put it past them to, to score. Um, I'm, I'm not, but then the market is kind of expecting that to some extent as well. So, I mean, I I was looking at this. I, I still think, you know, the odds on that on both teams to score, Netherlands to win, both teams to score, um, is what I expect might happen, but um, it's a little bit too short for me. Um, and yeah, I think I think the Dutch will, 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 will do well. They're rotating. The other thing is having a look at team news who they're actually going to go with. I think the, the team news may have been leaked. I don't know if they'll actually go with that team though, but you'll expect some changes. Um, you know, uh, Donald Marlon came in and, you know, he looked really lively. Um, you know, I expect him to do well. You know, if you, if you want to look at goal scorer bets, maybe he's, um, you know, he's, he's one to consider. Uh, Ryan Gravenberch, he's got a huge potential, you know, he's a potential superstar of the future in midfield. Um, and you know, I expect him to have a good game as well. So, and there's nothing to lose for the Dutch. Um, they're going to just go out and have a good time in front of a, um, a lively crowd at home, and they're going to enjoy it. Uh, so, they're one of those kind of teams. You know, they will, they will attack. The crowd won't let them kind of sit back and uh, you know, play out a dull game. I don't think De Boer's capable of setting his team up to do that either. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting lots of goalmouth action. I have an obscure angle in, which is on goal kicks. Um, so over 13 and a half uh, goal kicks on this game. Uh, forgive me, I'm trying to remember the the odds I had on this. But yeah, my thinking on this was, again, so there's a lot of kind of wayward shots. So I think there's going to be a lot of action. It might be um, maybe devoid of a little bit of quality at times. Um, I think Macedonia are going to have... Um, shots themselves they're going to have chances and can create openings um so i do but again you know will, will they test the keeper so i like that um so that's at 1.83 uh with 
365. So that would be my angle in. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't put it past you again if you're looking to trade it. I think um, there's a good chance of goals. There's a um, uh, sometimes I like to do trades on first half goals. So two and a half first half goals. It's it's usually quite a cheap lay. Um, and again, you know, if there's two quick goals in the first half, you can generally get a nice profit on that. So that would be my angle in. Okay, awesome. I'll bring you back in, Tony. But before that, uh, I forgot to mention the odds. So you can get about 1.3 for the Dutch. The draws at 5.56. And North Macedonia as high as 12s and 13s. Yeah, Tony, your thoughts, mate? <laughs> well, I can't hear you. Yeah, that, you hear me now? Oh, yeah, go. I got you now, mate. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, as, as Neil said, the the lineup looks like it's been leaked with Holland making two changes, being Marlon and Gravenbach. Uh, it was for earlier in the tournament that Pandev might miss out because of his age and playing so many games in short space of time. But it's today announced that uh, it'll be his last game, um, and he's going to retire from international football after. Uh, so I kind of see it similar to Neil. I think it'll be a really open game. I think Holland, as I said, their fans won't let them sit back. And the players will, will want to get goals. And as I said, there's a couple of debutants or like first big major games, tournament games. Um, I like the over 2.5, but I don't like the odds. It's sitting around 1.6. Yeah. Um, I think over 3.5 at, at, at 2.5 is not the worst bet in the world. As I said, I see a really open game. I, I think Macedonia would rather go out on their shield and try and score than just park the bus and lose without disgrace I think they would rather lose 4-2 than 2-0 sort of thing um, yeah. so I can see quite an open, I can see quite an open game um, so yeah I'd, I'd probably probably looking at over 3.5 if you can get 2.5 I don't uh, if you can get 2.5 sorry odds uh, I don't think it's mm. the worst bet in the world um, I do fancy Holland to win I'm pretty confident Holland will win at 1.31 would I back them mm, probably not yeah, no, I don't mind that bet at all. I, I was uh, I was surprised. I thought the line might be a little bit higher. Is it? Um, I would assume the lines are probably about three, is it something like that? Over three, under three. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see here you can get two point four five ish uh, for over three and a half goals on the exchanges there. So, yeah, that might be a. Uh, a little play there. So I'm assuming the Dutch are resting a few players. Well, it looks like Veghorst is out for Marlon, which is the sub they made at 1-0 the other day anyway. And uh, the other change, if, if the league team news is right, which it looks like it is, grabbing back. I'm, I, I couldn't make out the uh, the image of who he came in for. Uh, I know Frankie was still in. Um, so it may be Blind, who they'd sub after 60 anyway, but... I'm not 100%, but I mean, as I said, it's only two changes. One of them, we're caught some Marlon, so it's not a, uh, it's not wholesale changes and it's not wholesale resting. Uh, Vijnaldum's still playing, from what I saw, Dumfries is still playing, Van Arnholt. Um, so, yeah, it's just another midfielder, essentially. All right. Well, yeah, should be an interesting uh, interesting game. But I mean, overall, this group is is not very interesting. Let's be honest; it's kind of it's it's kind of done and and over. And you know, a draw in the Ukraine Austria game, we'll see both teams progress, and there's nothing to play for really in this game. So, why don't we talk about some more interesting stuff, fellas? 
and we can kick it off with Finland v Belgium, which is the one of the games in the final round of Group B. I'll get up the Group B table for everyone. So I'll try and break this down as uh, as easily for everyone. Uh, Belgium, you know, obviously going to go through. They're on six points with a four plus four goal differential. You've got Russia there in second with three points, Finland with three points, Denmark with zero points. So the two games are uh, Belgium-Finland and uh, Russia and Denmark. So basically, if, if Denmark beat Russia, and I guess the two probable scenarios that will happen, or at least the most favoured scenarios, is that Denmark beat Russia and Belgium beat Finland. So if Belgium beat Finland... They're, they're then then Finland are going to go probably not progress I'm assuming here but just or maybe they will it's it's very it's very very confusing but um, Denmark if they if they beat Russia they'll move above Russia and if Belgium beat Finland they'll stay in first and then depending on how. <laughs> I sh- I'm just looking at it here. So if Denmark would go over Finland, I think, if Denmark beat Russia and Belgium beat Finland, so then but Denmark qualify, even if they only win. Denmark only win by like one goal or something. Well, that I, sounds I, I very. That's, right. that's not right. No, because all three of them would be on three points. It's uh, I think it becomes a three-way head-to-head because. If it was only one nil, Finland's goal difference would be the best anyway, because Russia and Finland are both. Mi- I mean, Russia and Denmark are both minus two, and Finland are zero. But if Finland so lose if, to Belgium by one goal, then they go to minus yeah, one. I think, and- I think when three teams are tied, it goes into like a head to head between them. Yeah, so it's head to head first, and then goal difference. Okay. okay, so Denmark essentially, if they want to assure qualification, they need to beat Russia by two goals. Yeah. Okay. But then, but as long as even Belgium. then, yeah. But then Finland's head to head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if they beat Russia, yeah, because then it goes to a three-way head to head. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the let's talk about the Finland Belgium game first and kind of break that down. Um, yeah. So as I said, Belgium secured qualification, and um, and then on the other hand, you got Finland, who weren't too bad against the Russians, even though they went down. They lose one nil to, to Russia, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you would most likely think that a loss here is on the cards for the Finns, unless Belgium are also looking to to rest a few players. So maybe I'll um, I'll go to you first, Tony, and just ask if there's any team news on this one for Belgium. Uh, not got anything yet. Um, I only got the Holland news early because their assistant manager is an idiot. Um, but Belgium, uh, this is one of them. I wouldn't be betting until the lot till after the team news. But I think Belgium are, are way too long. I think they're they're where they are because people expect changes. But the likes of Hazard need minutes. De Bruyne hasn't had a start. He's only had like what half hour so far. Witzel needs a start. So I think they'll make changes, but not particularly be any weaker. Um, mm. Lukaku may rest, but again, if you've got whoever it is, whoever plays up front, if you've got them being fed by Hazard, De Bruyne, and the other Hazard or Carrasco or Mertens, one of them three, <coughs> you'd expect them to score goals against Finland, especially with the likes of Witzel behind them. Um, 
maybe Tielemann stays in, maybe Pratt comes in, someone like that. So for me, I know it's the cop-out bet to say Belgium will win, but I think Belgium are too long, even if they make changes. As I said, I think they'd probably be around the 1.3, but they're at 1.37 because people expect changes. But personally, I expect very strong changes, which is why I think they're, they're really, really long, to be honest. Yeah, no, well said. What do you think, Neil? Yeah, yeah, definitely agreed with with, with Tony there as well. Um, it's, I mean, it's not something I'm. I don't have a strong bet for it at the moment. I'm looking at the passing lines. I might. I, I think Belgium are going to keep a lot of the ball. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable backing them to win to nil, just because there's always a mistake in that Belgian defence. But at the same time, you know, Finland have kind of flattered so to see. I think they've been very fortunate. Obviously, with what happened in the Denmark game, but they, you know, they they don't really test the opposition goalkeeper that much. They they have very few shots on target. Um, even Timo Pukki, I'm not sure, you know, if he's 100. percent So um, I think I think they'll struggle. They'll just struggle to to break Belgium down. And again, Belgium have nothing to lose. Much like the Dutch, really. You know, if you've got you've got a team full of flair players. Um, and you know, generally, sort of even more so than the Dutch, kind of like for like replacements. Um, you know, a very good second eleven. Um, I, you know, again, I can just see quite a straightforward victory here, um, but but it won't be necessarily as open, um, you know, as that Netherlands Macedonia game. You know, Finland will come and try and frustrate, try and nick a point. Um, but I mean, you know, so one way could be maybe Belgium and let's say under three and a half. Um, I, I think you know you'll get you know decent odds on that if that's something you want to play. Um, but it's not one I would yeah be looking at. But I might look at it in play, you know, to kind of see to judge how the game is going, um, what the permutations are in the other game as well. You know, if is there going to be a need for Finland to actually sort of push? So um, yeah, that will all come into it. Yeah, I mean, even if Finland decide to push, though, are you gonna? I don't know. Is it going to really stress out the Belgians too much? Well, yeah. I mean, but they could kind of hit them on the counter, so maybe sort of looking at goals. But yeah, again, it's it's not something I kind of have a, a strong play in. It's not really you know, a game I I would be watching either. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You'll be a lot more interested in the Russia Denmark game, mate, especially mm. with all those. Uh, what are the what are dual forecast bets that I'm sure everyone plays before <laughs> yeah. this with uh, all with of us Belgium. on Belgium Denmark are just hoping on that. Aren't we? Yeah, I mean it's it's very it's very uh, interesting. It's it's exciting to think that you know a team that's lost both of their opening two games can still can still finish second. Actually, you know, heading into the heading into the last round, so it is a very exciting game. So why don't we just focus all of our attention on that game? We've got a, lots of questions coming through. Um, actually, Shane's just sent in something here. He says, I read a stat that any team that qualified for the tournament with an unbeaten qualifier record has never gone on to win the Euro Championships. So that's Belgium and Italy who fill yeah. the category. So thanks very much for that, Shane. And we'll see how that one plays out with both those teams. You know, they'll definitely progress to the finals. But yeah, R- Russia, Denmark, I'll get up the odds here. Denmark, you can get it about 1.75. Uh, draw is about 4, 3.9. And Russia, uh, as high as 5.1 on a couple of bookmakers there. 
So this this you know this game is all to play for. A point for Russia would probably be enough to go through, whereas Denmark need all three points and probably need to win well after that heartbreaking defeat against Belgium. So yeah, two a two goal win here would would secure most likely secure second place for them if the if the Finland Belgium game goes to plan. Um, but yeah, the, the Danes were they played very well, didn't they? And especially in that first half against against Belgium, I think that would have shocked a lot of people how well they dominated Belgium uh, in that first half. So um, I'll go to you first, Neil. Uh, yeah, all to play for here, mate. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I, I, I really like Denmark for the win here. Um, I think their price is, is, is decent. You know, I'm, I'm not going to co- overcomplicate it. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll be going for a Denmark win. Um, it's a, it, I, I believe it's in Copenhagen as well. So they'll be playing in front of a you know a home crowd. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened in terms of restrictions and things like that, but um, but they seem to have more fans in last for the last game, um, and they were they've been very very unlucky. Uh, even sort of with Ericsson aside, um, just looking on the stats, so they've had 43 shots, 29 of those in the box, um, an XG of 4.2, uh, but have only scored one goal, and they've only had seven shots uh, against them and conceded three, um, which, you know, to me, again, sort of looking at variance, that's how it's played out, but um, the underlying form is there. Um, you know, they don't okay, they, you know, don't have a lethal finisher. They lack that quality with Ericsson there. But against Belgium, they just flew out the traps, um, had a really fast start, and, um, you know, Belgium looked like they were really struggling in the first half. Um, and then, you know, De Bruyne came on, it kind of turned the game on its head. I think Denmark tired a little bit. But, um, you know, if they can do that to Belgium, you know, there's no reason why they can't do that to Russia. Russia, I think, are quite a limited team. Um, they will try and sit... Um, and you know, play for the draw, but um, but I, I do fancy Denmark to win this. I think sort of you know, forms temporary class sperm, and I think they've got enough. They've got enough of a goal threat in them um, to overcome them quite comfortably. Yeah, uh, one other one as well. It's going to be on is uh, uh, Hjoiberg, uh passes. Uh, I think the line is 60, 60 and a half on, on three six five. Um, so as well as I see them winning the game, I see them sort of dominating possession, keeping the ball for long periods of time, kind of controlling that midfield battle. Um, so I also see that coming in quite nicely. Yeah, a few uh, contrasting views coming in. Gambling fans saying Russia will play for the draw, which kind of makes sense. People saying they like the odds on on Denmark there from Velocity. And then uh, the 90s, as Backy's written, uh, it has draw written all over it, 1-1, nil-nil type of game. Russia aren't that bad. Unders may be the play. So there's varying yeah. opinions yeah. out there. Um, and, yeah, you would agree, Tony, that Russia will most likely sit back and play for the draw here? Yeah, that's exactly what I think will happen. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Denmark, but I thought they were excellent the other day or at least for 45 minutes against Belgium. Um I think the issue they have is even if, as I said, I think Russia will defend and even if Denmark can sneak a goal, and as we said, they're not the most clinical of teams, 1-0 doesn't do them any favours, so then they'll still have to open up even more. Um, So for me, this is a a game I'll be looking at in play more than a pre-match bet. Um, 
and I'll be obviously depending on how it goes. Um, I'd be, I mean, I'd be tempted to lay Denmark from the start, but I wouldn't. But in play, especially if they're one nil up with sort of twenty to go, and it doesn't look like another goal's coming, or it looks like they may struggle for it for a low risk lay. Um, I'd probably look at Denmark. So as I said, they have to push one nil. Does them no favors because in this group the third isn't going to go through. Um, I was looking at all the the groups last night, and it looks like. The cut is going to be four points with pretty much any goal difference um, to go through. So three points with a, an even goal difference or a negative goal difference is, is almost certainly not going to get you through. Um, so for me, I mean, I like the unders from the start. They're just under evens. They're 1.96, um, uh, under 2.5. But so I think I'd leave it in play and, and for a really low risk lay if, if Denmark are leading uh, by a goal with... 20, 15 minutes ago. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a very, very intriguing. Pro, what price would you take on? You said you were going to back Denmark, Neil. Maybe you have already. Um, what price are you looking at there? Uh, I mean, I'd I, I put on some of my stake at the start. I wouldn't, but then, as, as Tony said, but I mean, for diff, you know, a different um, trade, but I would look for. If it is going to be a tight start, then use the rest of my stake if they're playing well, you know, if they, if they hit kind of closer to evens. Um, but even, you know, even at that price, you know, for example, you know, I mean, they, they flew out of the traps against Belgium and they scored fairly quickly. So um, that's why I'd want to have something on them b- before the game in case that does happen. Um, but Russia will sit back more than Belgium will. They'll be kind of difficult to break down. They won't give that much space away. Um, but I do feel they're going to get the job done. I think just on all the numbers and everything I've seen from them so far, um, I think they've got enough quality to, to see it through. Whether they've got enough to, to qualify, yeah, as, as Tony said, it's, it's going to be difficult for them. Um, but I think they'll win this. You know, They'll at least get a 1-0 win out of this, I think. Well, I mean, you said, Tony, that they might... So if Denmark beat Russia or beating them 1-0 then Denmark move above uh, Russia on the table. So then Russia, you know, <laughs> they're going to have to pull their finger out because... No, they don't. They don't move above them because it becomes a freeway between um, them. That, so it all be level because they've all... So Russia beat Finland 1-0. Denmark beat Russia 1-0, if that's the case. And Finland yeah. beat Denmark 1-0. So then it will come down to the goal score. But it'll go down to disciplinary record. Which I ain't got a clue, to be honest. Oh, really? Okay, didn't know that. But well, we worked it out today because if if Switzerland won three nil and it uh, won two nil and Italy won three nil, it would have gone to disciplinary record. Then UEFA rankings. We was working it out today because it was at one point there was a real possibility. I think Italy were one nil up and Russia would uh, and Wales were down to ten men, and Switzerland were two nil up. So it literally just took two more Italy goals. And everything would have been tied up. So someone in the in the chat group looked into what how it would be decided because I asked, I didn't have a clue. And then it works out disciplinary record, and then um, and then just UA for rankings if there's nothing they can split in there. Oh, I totally missed that conversation. <laughs> That's interesting. Very interesting. Well, I'm not sure, but what I'm not sure about is because it would be three teams. Even I'm not sure at what point Belgium's results count. Um, because if it's a three-team tie, it's, it's usually the the other teams excluded, and then you go in the head-to-head between them three. I don't know if that's all even if then Belgium's results come into it, and obviously they've 
so far they've beaten Russia by three, which would put them out. They've beaten Denmark by one, and and the, the Finland game's obviously not been played yet. But I don't know about that permutation. Yeah. We didn't work them out because that wasn't a, a case today. But it's not as easy as Denmark beat Russia one nil. They go above them because of Finland. I, I'm really confused because if, if Denmark beat Russia, that means they're going to have a superior goal difference than them. They're going to be on three points each, obviously. But yeah, Denmark but will then have a... Belgium come up. Sorry? But the Belgian result comes out when it goes to head-to-head because it'll be a head-to-head between Russia, Finland and Denmark and all three of them games, if it is 1-0, would have been 1-0. But do they not go goal difference over head-to-head? No, head-to-head first. Oh, really? So if you're on level points, they look at head-to-head first? Well, that's why Russia are second at the moment because their goal difference is the worst. It's joint with, with Denmark. Oh, of course, yeah. Because they beat Finland. That's why they're above them on that table. There you go. All right. So, but then if Denmark, oh, yeah, so it does become very confusing <laughs> because, yeah, like you said, Denmark would have then beat Russia. Finland would have then beat Denmark. But Russia beat Finland. So, <laughs> and, and, and what are the. They've all been 1 0 as well. And, so and if, what, uh, if Denmark win 2 1, then it's easy because they'll do it on goals scored. Yeah. And, and so, what are the disciplinary records like for these three teams? I can't pretend I've looked. <laughs> this is mental this is mental why don't we get to uh some of these questions that have come through i never thought we'd be talking about this um shane says if you have time can you ask your guests on finalist top goal scorer and young player of the tournament um i mean we can have a quick look at that have you guys been looking into that at all so before um, the tournament started, sorry now, my my France were my winners, Italy were my finalists, uh, and Lukaku was my golden boot. Uh, I didn't do a young player of the tournament um, because I don't know if they're going by Premier League young, which is like twenty five and under, which is a joke. I don't know how UEFA what their their category is. I think it's twenty three, but I might be wrong on that. But I'm, I'm not sure. So this is the marker for top goal scorer here for anyone. Uh, interested? Is there anything here that you guys fancy? Well, I mean, I was on Lukaku at the beginning of the tournament, um, and I'm kind of sticking like sticking with that. I think Immobile would, was a shout. I think George mentioned Immobile um, in the previous pod as well. Um, you know, if you'd got on Patrick Schick, for example, as an each way, that would have been you know big odds. Um, so you could, I mean, I think that's where, where you might find some value is to, see, you know, to look at kind of one of these outsiders on an each way. I don't know how many bookies are sort of pricing them, you know, with that many places right now. So you'd need to need to look around uh, for that kind of thing. Uh, young players tournament, I did uh, Ferran Torres. That was my pick. I, that doesn't look like it's going to happen the way that Spain are playing. Um, and again, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into whether you can actually bet on them now during the tournament. Um, but those, yeah, those would have been my my picks. But yeah, yes. and like Tony said with Italy, yeah, I think that's a great shout for a finalist as well. Yeah, here's the. Sorry, I was trying to get up how many goals everyone scored. So yeah, Ronaldo's on top there, which Schick, sorry, and they're both on three. And then there's uh, yeah, Locatelli, Immobile, Shakiri. Yaron, Chuck, Lukaku, Yarmolenko, Dunfries, all on two goals there. 
Um, and I can get up the young player of the tournament if that's something that odds checker. Oh, here we go. Um, sorry, did you guys say you had anything here? Yeah, I mean, Shane mentioned Just Kai my... Havertz. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, if you're saying, I mean, I mean, if the price is the same on Havertz and Foden, I mean, it's it, in that sense, it's a no-brainer. Um, yeah, potentially. The only, I, I think my concern with, with, with Havertz is just because there, there's so many goal options for Germany now. But he is coming into form. He did have a fantastic game. Um, yeah, I mean, I certainly wouldn't put it past uh, him to do that. Absolutely. I, I mean, I found this market tricky, to be honest, looking at the names on there. I think Torres was the one I went for at the beginning of the tournament because I thought he'd get the most minutes um, and the most potential goal-scoring opportunities, but it hasn't played out like that, the way Spain have played. Um, yeah. And then again, looking at the rest of the list, I mean, I suppose Donnarumma, potentially, if Italy have a, have a good tournament, he's, he's getting all the way there. That's odds of 10. Um, but as a goalkeeper, goalkeepers don't tend to win these kind of awards. I think Oliver Kahn won it once. Um, so really, Italy need to have kind of at least got to the final, I think, for him to get that. Don't mind the Isak shout here either. Uh, pretty long odds. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Sweden kind of plucked their way through the tournament and and made it reasonably reasonably deep because all these young players. I mean, there's no one here that you're going to say like is definitely going to make it to the the semis or the or the finals. So I mean, it might be you know all these like Germany uh, English kind of players. There's a chance they might get knocked out in the round of 16 or quarters. So. Isak at long odds here, and he's been superb so far. So maybe that's a, a play for people there. Uh, what else did we have uh, come through in the questions here? Gambling fan off. He says, off, off topic, sorry. How do you record your results? I use a diary for every individual sport. But as you can imagine, I have a lot of separate diaries. How do you do it, Neil? Uh, so I use a tool called uh, betsin.gs. Uh, if anyone follows me on Twitter, you can see like the tips that I post. If you click on it, it shows you that website. Uh, I find it the easiest way. A lot of people, you can just use an Excel spreadsheet if you want. For me, I like that because you can split it by sport, um, you know, by tipsters that you follow or markets or whatever you want and do lots of sort of analysis on that. So for me, that's great. Keeps it quite nice and organized. What about you, uh uh, Tony, I assume it's pretty easy for you, mate, considering you're just using one book. <laughs> yeah, I use one book and I don't make many trades. So um, for me, I just use their, uh, I just use my markets results and my profit and loss from markets. Yeah, very easy, mate. Uh, your dog's having a good time once again. And, and for those interested in what I do, I, I use a lot of different bet trackers for all sorts of different things. So you actually use the Trade Mate Game Center. For some of my bets, I use BetStamp for some of my bets. I use a manual tracker for some of my bets, like especially like, you know, golf and horses and stuff like that. I don't think there's any bet trackers out there for those kind of markets. I could be wrong. If there are, please let me know. Um, so, yeah, I use a, a very, a very variety of uh, of bet trackers out there to, to track everything else. Um what else have we got here? Clock and podcast. Never heard of them. They're uh, <laughs> they're a fan of uh, Immobile to to win top goal scorer. I'm assuming that's uh, uh, that's my Arsenal podcast. So I knew, exactly mate, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, who else have we got here? What's that name? Hetis. Oh, I'm not going to try pronounce that. They've said, "Have we discussed Ukraine and Austria yet?" Yes, we have, mate. Uh, I think that might have been the first game we talked about. So if you just rewind to the start, we talked about that quite briefly. And here we go. Another one from the 90s is I use Smarkets Exchange and they wanted to know what my job was and how much I earn. Have you had this problem, uh, Tony? Uh, I've been asked this by pretty much every bookie and every exchange. Uh, in my experience, markets are the easiest and, and don't care. Uh, it used to be a running joke within my group that you could just write on the back of a stamp, I can afford it, let me carry on, and Smarkets would approve that. I don't know if it's got any harder because they've not asked me for a while now. Um, but I, I was always honest, but they, the Smarkets never asked for proof. Um, and me being honest, I mean, that is my job. So my, mine was look at my P&L on your website and there you go. Um, but yeah, Smarkets are usually not the too, di too difficult. You can just put in your job in, put in your salary. Uh, obviously, I don't know what you do. I don't know if you have a salary or if you're full-time at, at this. Um, but yeah, Smarkets is usually pretty easy. Some some are a joke. They want documents upon documents upon documents. The markets are usually pretty good about it. I think it's just something they have to do for regulation, and, and they don't really want to do it either. So they accept whatever you want, whatever you send. All right, fellas. How about we finish up with our best bets for tomorrow? We'll go to you first, Neil, mate. Out of the four games, what's your your favourite bet there? Uh, of the four games, um, yeah, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm just going to go for Denmark. Denmark at what are they one point seven five something like that? Not the and, most adventurous pick, but oh mate, it's adventurous enough for me. How about you, Tony? <laughs> I'm really torn because, as I said, I think Belgium are way too long, but that isn't adventurous at all. Um, which which leaves the over three point five in Holland game, which I'm not, I think should happen, but. The, the, the Belgium's obviously a safer bet, but the, odd, the odds tell you that. Yeah, you can take the Belgium one and I'll take the, the Dutch one. I, I quite like that over three and a half line. Maybe you, that, could, yeah. maybe you could pair it with a Belgian vic, uh, a Dutch victory too. Little little bet builder there. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I think he goes over 3.5, I don't think it's going to be 2 or 3-1 to Macedonia, to be honest, so... Yeah, I I'm not sure. I have no nice. idea what odds that would come to. So you got 1.3 on Netherlands and 2.4 ish or something for the over three and a half. So I don't know. Could you get threes for that? Something like that? I'm not really. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 1.3 times 2.5, isn't it? Is that they don't work it out exactly like that, though, do they? That's how it's supposed to work out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, there you go, guys. I mean, there wasn't some huge insight there today, but I think that the game of the tomorrow that everyone's got to watch out for is the the Denmark Russia game, especially if um yeah, especially if Denmark go up one nil, then it gets it'll get very very interesting. So, hope you all enjoy the games tomorrow. Um, you can find these gentlemen on Twitter, so you can find uh, Neil at My Better Life. Uh, and his website is mybetterlife.com. And you can find Tony at his YouTube channel, Only Fools Lay Horses. That's all just one word. Uh, and you can also join his team news channel, which is on Patreon. It's called Only Fools 
VIP. We will be back tomorrow at the same time after the the conclusion of those Group B games. And, um, yeah, we'll be talking about the games that are on the following day. And I believe, I think George is back tomorrow. I'm not sure if you're on, Tony. I can't really remember. But either way, we'll have a stellar cast and Neil will be here as always. Um, oh, <laughs> as always, Neil just, just tags along. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. <clears throat> Before you jump out, please give us a like on the stream and, and do, a, do a little comment if you really enjoyed that. Share, show, show it to a few friends. That's always always quite nice. And, uh, and if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today, especially the value betting ones, start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports. Gents, we will uh, we'll have to catch up tomorrow, and and good luck with all of your bets tomorrow. Cheers, Alex. Cheers, Sandy. Cheers, guys.